Radio, your man Brian in the building, alongside the host Philly. What's happening, Philly? What it do? What's popping, fam? You know what I mean? Happy to be back on the air. We haven't done it. We haven't had the opportunity to chop this sports show up in a minute, so I'm really eager to get it on and popping. You feel me? Not just that. I mean, you know, we definitely going to take trips around the, 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 the sporting world, NBA, NFL, boxing, baseball, the whole the whole deal, and we definitely got a ill topic on hand. And uh, we do have a guest. He's going to be calling in shortly. Tyler Shin will return. MMA pro definitely gonna talk about all the things he got going on. So it's gonna it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a night filled with uh, a lot of ill conversation and talk. Philly, we ready? Oh yeah, man, most definitely. Like my man Brand just said, we got to have Tyler Shin back on. For those of you who didn't tune in last time, Tyler Shin, we pro MMA fighter. You know what I mean? We built a pretty good pretty good basis with him and everything like that. Uh, he had, just had a fight a few. A few months ago, like last month or something like that, in the RFA Resurrection Fighting Alliance against uh, Nebraska native Cody Cody Land. So we finna chop it up a little bit about that, talk about the training and seminars he attended out in Vegas. And he got some big, big, big news that he's about to break on Next Legacy Sports Radio about the UFC. So make sure you keep tuned. Hey, it's gonna be an ill night tonight. And of course, you know, there there is a boxing match that we gotta talk about as well that's going on tomorrow. So we got we definitely gotta... Uh, let, let, let the world know exactly what our take is on, on, on that fight that's, uh, that's going down tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, man, most definitely, you know what I mean? Um, for those of you who don't know what Brent's talking about, he's talking about Cotto, who's going to get knocked out by Mayweather tomorrow night at the MGM Grand Live in Las Vegas. I don't care what nobody says. Cotto, Cotto's my boy, man, you know what I mean? Like, I love Cotto. I've been following his career for a minute, but... Man, I just, I don't think he can do it, man. Mayweather, he's too quick, he's too talented, you know what I mean? And once you get in that doghouse with Mayweather, man, it's a dogfight, and I don't think Cotto has it in him. All right, you got, you got, you got Mayweather, I got Cotto. We shall see. We shall see. Oh. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll talk about that tonight. We'll we'll talk about it tonight. But, yeah, me and you, we probably going to go back and forth about that match. That's going to be ill. So it's going to be on pay-per-view it's definitely going to be a, a dope dope setting for tomorrow's uh, boxing world. I know a lot of people talking about Mayweather, Cotto. That fight is going to be ill. So if you're catching it on pay-per-view, you can definitely uh, make sure you, you, you hit us up and let us know. And, of course, Next Legacy Sports Talk Radio is brought to you by nextlegacy.com, N-E-X-X, legacy.com. You go ahead and check us out, do what you need to do, and uh, just kind of look at that revamped, uh, revamped spot that we got going on as well. And if you want to... Uh, Send, uh, send emails. You can send them over to Brandon at NextLegacy.com, B-R-A-N-D-E-D at NextLegacy.com. You can also send it to, yes, Philly does have a NextLegacy.com site. I just got to make sure Philly is access accessible to be able to check it out. But you can hit them up <laughs> at Philly at NextLegacy.com, N-E-X-X, Legacy.com. And also, sports. People out there in the world, if you want to make sure that you leave us a, a message on the hotline, you can do that at area code 206-350-5462. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, what, that's what we do. We're about to get it down and get it popping. And, uh, you know, one, one, thing that, one thing that I could say, especially, you know, having a few days off, uh, I, I just, man, you have no idea, man, miss the hell out of this. So, you know, without further ado. Here we go. About to go ahead and get a jump started right here on Next Legacy Sports Talk Radio. We got my man Tyler Shin in the building right now. Tyler Shin, it's rocking. What's going on, my man? How y'all doing? What's popping, fam? What you getting into? 
Not a whole lot. What you all up to tonight? How y'all doing? You know what I mean, man? We kicking it, ready to get this show off and popping. You feel me? Me too. Me too. No doubt, man. Now, well, Tyler, last time we talked to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. First of all, yeah, man, definitely. Thank you for taking the time out and coming back on the show, man. For real, we really appreciate it. Yeah, I man, it's great to be back. I was uh, excited to get back on air with you guys. Oh, yeah, man. Now, uh... Now, last time we talked to you, you were about to head out to Vegas to do some uh, do some training out there and attend some seminars. So, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what that was like and uh, who you were training with out there? And the Vegas trip was was awesome. That's where we uh, we went out there for the two weeks out from my fight. It was a uh, it was about yeah, it was about two weeks out from my fight, and we went out there and we wanted to finish two weeks out up to a week in Vegas before we came back to Oklahoma to finish my camp for the fight. And when we went out there, it was a, it was a great experience, man. I got to train with uh, some of the top jiu-jitsu guys on the planet to this day, you know, Robert Drysdale and a bunch of different guys, and we got to train with a bunch of different guys there in the UFC. Like, like a guy like Frank Mears fixing the fight at Junior Dos Santos for the heavyweight championship of the world. We met guys like Dan Hardy, Jake Allenberger, and it was, it was a lot of fun. And I got to train with some pretty talented lightweights that are around my weight class as well at Extreme Couture and uh, Robert Drysdale's gym. It was, a, it was a great experience, man. It let me, uh, you know, engage myself and let me put put myself against some of the top guys out there so I could uh, finish the last hard week of training for my camp. So it was really just it was a great learning experience and it's a great way to finish my camp. No doubt, man. Now, uh, one of the other highlights, uh, one of the other highlighted topics last time we spoke was uh, you were gearing up to get getting ready to head out to uh, Kearney, Nebraska for an RFA Resurrection Fighting Alliance matchup with you and Nebraska native Cody Land. Now, for the people that didn't check out the free stream on uh, Sheardog.com, why don't you highlight some of the events that evening for the listeners tuned in right now and uh, break down the fight for us, you know what I mean, and let us know the outcome. And what, what ended up in the fight was I got a north-south choke in the third round but as uh, in the in the first round, the first actually the first two rounds, I went out there. I knew this guy; he was going to be looking for big punches, and he was wanting to wanted to take the fight to the ground and actually go to his back. You know, it kind of played right into my game plan. And uh, his strong point was where my strong point was. This guy had he was a six and one as a professional fighter, and and I think five or six, five or maybe all six of his wins were via armbar winning the fight off of his back. But my game plan, you know, when I'm, when I'm fighting, you know, I'm a wrestler-based guy. That's my main thing. So I ended up sticking to my game plan and sticking to my guns. I knew that if I could take him down, I was going to be in control on top and be able to pass guard and do certain things that was going to fluster him. You know, if you're, if you're going to be a guy that's going to lay on your back and fight, there, there, you it's just it's, it's a really risky game plan when you're when you're fighting a guy with a with the wrestling capabilities that I have. You know, it's uh, going to be harder to pull off submissions and such. And plus, when you're on your back, you're at risk to get elbowed and, and take a lot of ground and pound. And, and that's exactly what happens to the fight. I was I didn't want to steer from my game plan just because of what he did. Is my is the whole key to that fight. I wanted oh, to do what I do, but I wanted to be aware of what he was going to do. You know so I mean. when you set up your game plan, when you game 
when you game plan against an opponent, what what are what are I mean, are you looking for the weaknesses first, or are you just looking for a particular style? And if he's doing a little bit differently than you know either your scouting reports or how you game plan, I mean, what what alterations do you usually make while you're in the middle of uh, uh, you know doing doing your thing against this person? Well, my my game plan is pretty much going to be the same for most of my fights. I'm gonna I'm gonna start standing, and and I was just I was aware of what he was gonna do, but I wasn't gonna let that stop what I was gonna do. Mm-hmm. And that fight it was really it, the, the the question of that fight was who was gonna be able to establish their game, establish their game, and and to do that it was just it was just me being on top of what I was doing. I pick my takedowns, and and uh, if you're gonna fight a guy that fights off his back like he does, and he's very successful with catching arm locks and stuff like that. The thing that you got to do is just be careful when you're inside the guy's guard. When you're inside of the guy's guard, he's going to have the the capability to catch you in certain things. But when I when I was able to take him down, what well, me and coach went over at my gym was we was going to pass, take him down, and not worry so much on ground and pound. We're going to take him down and get past his guard so we didn't have to worry about all the arm locks. Mm. So. I took him down. I just pressed hard for guard pass. That way he couldn't execute his uh, arm locks, and and I was able to get past his guard and uh, and uh, uh, get in a lot of punishment to and to eventually finish the fight in the third round. And that's really what just happened. Now, uh, how much preparation did you have for the fight? And what I mean by that is, how long how long did you train for the fight with Cody Lamb? Well, I had a January 21st fight, and pretty much after that fight, after I won that fight, I started my camp for this fight about a week after. So uh, that puts me from the last week of January all the way to March 30th is how long I had to prepare for that fight. And there you the go. Time, there you go. Now, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, the whole time I was, uh, the whole time I just, we didn't really worry about what he was going to do. I knew me and Coach and the guys that we the guys we trained for the gym. We watched the video of him, and we just we pretty much knew what he was going to do. But that wasn't it. Didn't mean that since he was a good guy off his back to get arm locks, it didn't mean I was going to not execute my game. It just meant I was going to have to get on him and uh, do what I do better than what he does, and then shut his game down. And that's really all the fight is. You can't. You can only game plan so much because anything can happen out there. But you that just got to be man. on your guns. That's the truth. Now, um, you're talking about your your background in wrestling. Do you think that uh, the talented background that you do have and the career that you had at Oklahoma State had anything to do with the outcome of the fight? Do you think your wrestling skill maybe was was uh, was better than his his uh, game plan coming into the fight to throw big punches? Do you think your wrestling uh, countered that a little bit. Absolutely. And I actually got the pleasure to talk with Cody after the fight. And he's a really cool guy. And he fought wrestlers before. And what, what actually he told me was, uh, you know, he fought wrestlers, so he wasn't as concerned about the takedown ability that wrestlers have because that plays right in his game plan. He's like, all right, bro, you know, you're going to take me down. I'm just going to arm lock you. You know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. you know, I'm going to arm bar you. Like, submit you and take you out of the fight. But with this fight, I'm I have a high level wrestling background. 
unlike anybody he had faced before, which was the problem. Which, so when I'm doing, when I'm going for takedowns and doing certain things, it made it a lot harder for him to to be able to set up his uh, technique. You know, I was able to time my takedowns right and uh, pass guard and do certain things that made it pretty much impossible for him to unlock or go for any type of submissions that he usually goes for. Wow. No. MMA pro Tyler Shin is our guest on Next Legacy Sports Talk Radio, and uh, let, let me ask let me ask something because I don't I don't think we asked this question last time we had you on, and you know the the, the mental aspect of you going into an actual fight. Um, do you feel like you have to have a chip on your shoulder to be able to get the best out of yourself, or can you just kind of go in with a strategic game plan um, as far as you know, just making sure that you take care of your business on your end and everything else is going to happen. And so the reason why I ask that question is, you know, with boxers and, and you, you have a lot of people that talk a lot of mess. Like, you know, I'm the champ and you got to, you know, they talk a lot, but they don't back it up in the in in the, in the the arena. So, you know, what, what what's your mental aspect as far as how you actually take it on? Do you feel like you got to keep saying to yourself, I'm the champ, or is it something else uh, as far as another approach you take? Yeah, you know, I think it's uh it's it's I think it's different for each guy, but what it really boils down to is preparation. And when I went into that fight I knew that I put from the last week of January all the way to March thirty. Actually, you know, I trained straight through from December pretty much all the way to March thirtieth. And I was doing almost daily, you know, outside of the week after my January fight. The only reason I took a week off there is because I healed a couple of injuries. But going into that fight, I knew my shape was where it needed to be. I knew my techniques were where they needed to be with my stand-up, with my ground game. I knew that if something were to happen in the fight where I got hurt, I could fight off my back, I could fight on my feet, I could mm-hmm. fight top-bottom, whatever ha- whatever happened, I was going to be ready. And that's really just the part of getting ready for fights is it's just like, you know, some guys come in and they're like, okay, I'm going to stand with this guy. Okay, I'm going to take this guy down. But in my head, you know, I don't really, it doesn't really matter to me if the guy stops my takedowns or he, he makes me fight a different fight than I'm used to. I'm, I'm ready for the fight in general just because I've trained in every aspect of this, of the way you fight. You know, there's no, there's no area that you can put me into where I'm going to feel uncomfortable. And, and that's just the whole thing. And, and when you train hard enough to be able to have that, you just know that you can have the complete confidence, like, hey, I'm going to come in this fight, and I'm going to, I'm going to take it to this guy. When, I'm, when I came out there for this fight, it was, in my head, I just was completely overconfident in myself that I'm going to come out there, I'm going to take the center of the cage, and I'm going to let this guy know, you know, I'm not playing, you know, I'm here to win, and I'm going to take control of this fight. And that's, that's kind of my mindset when I'm, when I'm stepping out there to fight, you know, I'm not, in this game, you can't wait around and try to feel things out. You you gotta you gotta take control and do what you do. Otherwise, you're just risking losing and getting hurt. That's all there is to it. <laughs> True that. That's the truth. Now, um, Tyler, after you saw the replay of the fight and without exposing yourself completely on air, even though you were confident in your game, after the replay of the fight, what are some things that you felt that you needed to work on to improve your all-around game? <clears throat> Well, after this fight, and even before my first couple of fights, I know that I know my ground game. I'm I'm completely confident that my that I can hang with anybody in the world with what I have in the group. 
hits the ground, I'm, I know in my heart that I'm going to be okay. So the only aspect I have left is my stand-up, and I train that more than I train anything else, even though I make sure I hit everything just because we're doing mixed martial arts. My main, my main focus is my striking, just in case, you know, down the road I run into a guy that I can't have a problem taking him down, you know. He's able to stuff my takedowns and make me stand and strike with him and make it a fight where it's a stand-up fight. So, would you ag- and just in case that ever happens, I'm going to be ready to strike somebody, and, and uh, that's what we're doing. We spar multiple times a week with my teammates, and we got guys that are just stand-up guys, and, and I spar with them, and then, uh, and then that's how we get ready for that. Now, uh, would you agree with the statement that wrestling is the, the new forgotten mixed martial art? Uh, uh, absolutely. A lot of a lot of people, you know, even some people won't, won't don't really consider wrestling a martial art. But when you think about it, whether the fight's on the street or it's in the cage, when two people lock up against each other, a fight's going to end up on the ground. Even in boxing, if you watch boxing matches, you see guys they're clinching and hugging, and the refs are trying to push them apart so they'll keep striking constantly over and over again, especially in the latter rounds of a 12-round fight. You know. Because the instinct tells you, this guy's punching me in my face. I need to get a hold of him. Otherwise, he's going to keep punching me in the face. <laughs> but, uh, you know, <laughs> that's just how that works. You know, and that's something they got to battle. they got to, a boxer's got to battle against the in- instinct. But wrestling leads you right into the instinct of how a fight actually plays out. So when I hit the ground with somebody, it's just like this is my ball game. You know, I have wrestling. I have 20 years of wrestling. I've done jiu-jitsu for years, and you're not going to get me here with anything I haven't seen. <laughs> you know, that's just my confidence when I get to go to the ground. Whether I'm training with guys my size or I'm training with guys that weigh 300 pounds in jiu-jitsu, it doesn't matter. I do that, you know, on a daily basis, and it, it's just something I'm used to. And it, it's, you know, it's definitely my strong point. And I definitely think that wrestling is the, the forgotten martial art. You know, the, a lot of the top fighters these days are wrestling-based guys. There you go. So what's in, so what's in store for you right now? As far as you know, what 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 are the things you're working on? Um, you know, as of right now, I mean, you just came off a win. Congratulations on that. And uh, what's what, what's next up for Tyler Shin? What's next right now is a an RFA event. They're having an RFA three, which is supposed to be late June. And they're going to have their fourth event, which is supposed to be late July. I can't say a specific date right now because there's nothing. Everything's pretty much to be announced. But the RFA 4 is supposed to be in Las Vegas. And uh, I do not have an opponent yet. However, I've been talking about a few different potential guys that I'm going to go up against. However, I'm probably, I probably shouldn't mention them right now since everything's to be announced. But my uh, fight date is... Uh, it's going to be late July and more than likely going to be in Las Vegas. And that's what's coming up next. So right now, my all I'm going through right now is uh, I'm fixing to start another camp here in a week or two, and we're going to go. We're going to train hard and straight, train straight through to get ready for uh, whoever I'm facing in uh, Las Vegas come late July. Now you don't you don't pick your you don't pick your fighters. You don't pick the person you're going to actually fight, right? No, I do not pick that. Okay. But I have, you know, now, I, I, my manager and the promoters, they'll, they'll, they'll come up with names, and you know, we'll run it by. They'll, 
usually tell us who they're thinking and, you know, and ask us what I think. But usually, you know, with me, I'm just whatever, whatever, whatever moves me forward is all I'm concerned about. There you go. There you go. Now, can we expect you uh, with your with your upcoming fight? Are you going to be training back out in Vegas? Uh, we're going to try to make a trip. Nothing's for sure yet. We're going to try to make a trip for uh, to finish up my camp for the uh, Las Vegas fight, especially if the fight's in Las Vegas like it's supposed to be. We're, uh, we're going to go out to Vegas a couple weeks beforehand, and we're going to finish the last two weeks of my camp in Vegas at Drysdale's and Exchange Couture, and I'm going to get to finish the camp with a couple different guys including a couple different guys that fight that might be fighting on the same show with me. So I'll have multiple guys, including guys that fight, you know, in the UFC and Strike Force to help me finish my camp and uh, and train with me multiple times a day and uh, finish that camp so we can come uh, ready to go come late July. There we go. There we go. Now from uh... – now, to take it from, from the RFA over to the UFC real quick, I just want to get your opinion with you being a professional MMA fighter, okay? Um, in the UFC recently, John Bones Jones just fought Rashad Evans. And um, like I said, with you being a professional fighter, um, can you break down John Bones Jones, his, his fighting style, in like an MMA for dummies type way to tell us, like, why? What makes him such a such a well-rounded fighter and almost non-human fighter? You know what I mean? Yeah, man. John has definitely raised himself up to probably the second, the number two pound-for-pound fighter in the world. And he does a lot of things like Anderson Silva does. And Anderson Silva, he's the top pound-for-pound fighter in the world right now. He's been world champion since 2006. I mean, there is, there is. I mean, this guy is the number one guy. But with the guy upcoming right now, people are questioning could end up being pound for pound best is John Jones and the reason he is so good is because he play he uh uses the tools that fit him best to his extreme advantage. Like for instance, when he fought Rashad, you know, John's got he's a very tall guy, he's got a long reach on his opponents. And with when Rashad fighting Jones, he needs to get inside and he needs to go for takedowns. Once John he's able to figure out his range with everybody he fights and he's able to get that range where he's able to hit people and stay at a safe range where he's not in risk of getting hit back. And that's just, you know, he's got the longest reach in the UFC and he's out here just popping people and he's not hitting them with strikes that are real heavy, but he's just completely smacking them over and over and over again and, and putting them out of their comfort zone. You know, they're getting hurt. And on top of that, you know, when guys start throwing heavy back, he has takedowns because, John Jones is a wrestler. Ultimately, he came from a wrestling background. He wrestled from a kid all the way up through high school, through college. You know, he's a JUCO wrestler. He came to the U. He came to the UFC with a wrestling background. So this is one of those guys that has the striking, the kickboxing that he he's able to, to play with guys with a range and use his range to just to tag people over and over again. He puts so much pressure on them that he makes them do certain things to to make them vulnerable, and he'll take them down, and he'll submit them. His, I mean, he's he's just a completely well-rounded fighter, and that's all there is to it. He's out striking guys, and when they want to go to the ground, he submits them. He's off his back. He's on top. He's, I mean, he, he, there's just there, – he's tying it together better than everybody else. Like when Rashad fought him, Rashad might be the number two, three, four fighter in the world at light heavyweight. 
but he couldn't stand a chance against John because Rashad let John get control of the range and, and punish him when he should have been doing certain things to mix that up. He should have been using a lot of feints and, 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 and jabs and, and in and out and just keeping John guessing over and over again, but what he, he wasn't able to do that because John just completely took control of the fight. Rashad should have pushed harder for takedowns and should have tried to clinch better. I mean, anything but mm-hmm. doing what he was doing, you know. When things aren't going your way, you obviously got to reset. If the guy's out striking me, I need to get away from him for a second, reset, and come in again and try to take control. And you got to do it over and over and over again so you can get control of the fight. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're just going to get punished to the point where you can't come back because you're too injured, you're too hurt. You know, you're now you're just trying to survive. You know, and that's what happened to Rashad. He just ended up in a game where he was just trying to survive the fight without without getting taken out, and that's what happened. I guess in a lot of cases, when you try to fight to defend yourself, you're really losing in that in that aspect of it, right? Because you know, you keep your guard up for too long, you know, everything else around you. <laughs> it's going to crumble real quick because somebody's going to get the better yeah, out of you yeah. eventually. Absolutely. I mean, this isn't a game where it's, you know, it's who initiates, you know, who takes control of the game plan, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of different ways to do that, and then that's just part of your training and, and your experience and the, the journey you're going through. you got to be able to be ready for that when the time comes. Like for me, you know, I'm, you know, hoping within the next year or so I'll be fighting in the UFC and, you know, hopefully – and uh, hopefully within the amount of time of a year, I'll be fighting there. And, and even now, I've got to be ready for guys that can fight all around. i got to be ready for right. guys that can strike and wrestle and jiu-jitsu and everything. There, and there's no politics that shut their down. The, there, there's no politics that will come with that, right? Like the, the more you fight and the more you showcase your talent and, and you climb up the ranks, so to speak, the more – bigger events and the bigger opportunities you'll be able to get through the uh, ranks that you're you're beating or climbing up to get, right? Yeah, say that one more time. What were you trying to say? The 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 fact that, you know, you, you don't have to, you don't have to, you, it's not politics that comes with you climbing up the ladder to actually, you know, get the bigger or the better fight. It's just you continuing to kind of plug away, win those fights that you do fight, and, and, and showcase your talent, and, and that's what's going to reign supreme as opposed to, uh, you know, something later on, you'll you know, the politics behind certain things as far as rankings and things like that, right? Yeah, it's, it's a mixture of both. I'm not going to lie. Okay. It, this sport can be a little bit political. It is a little okay. bit political. I mean, when it comes down to it, they're going to they're gonna put the people on the show that sell tickets. I mean, you know. But also, at the same time, of course, you have to be the phenomenal fighter. Right. But, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, it's just, it helps me a lot climb as fast as I've climbed because I have, I come from a background where I wrestled at the top college in the country that you can wrestle mm-hmm. from. And I have about, I think, seven or eight guys that wrestled for Oklahoma State and that are fighting currently in the UFC or strike force or have fought there before. Mm-hmm. So that helps me have a little bit of hype that these guys are my predecessors and we all come from the same place and we were coached by the same people through wrestling. And then we turned our wrestling into mixed martial arts and, and we've all thrived. You know, it comes from Jake Rochal, Jared Rochal, Daniel Cormier, who's strike force, six in the fight for the, the heavyweight title. 
King Mo, who was a, a side force middleweight champion, Johnny Hendricks, who's fighting this weekend against Josh Koscheck. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just there, there's three or four more other guys, you know, and these guys are all able to do their thing. And I think we got a big advantage of people because guys like, you know, even Joe Silva, they, I mean, they know that the wrestlers of our caliber come from a system that other guys and other martial arts never had before. Where right. we are training every day. When I was in college for five years, we train every day, and it's not an option. You don't show up if you don't feel good. That's not an option. Okay. If you don't feel good, you show up. You know, right. and the same thing in high school. We have a wrestling program in high school where we practice every single day. You know, during the season, and then college we practice year round, and and it's just a system that teaches us how to train hard, how to be tough, how to be mentally tough, mm-hmm. and how to do all these things where, in other arts, people don't have these kind of advantages that we have. So, when we tie our training habits into mixed martial arts, and we start boxing and striking and jiu-jitsu and all this other stuff that we do it just it just makes us a force to be reckoned with because when we're out there fighting there's no quit in us we know we know how to grind we know how to win we we, we know how to push ourselves we know how to train most importantly and then um and then that that's where the advantage comes from and that's what guys like the guys see that are, are uh like you know there are matchmakers that are trying to get people in the big show it's not necessarily the records that count all the time it's What's this guy done? What's he been? What has he been through? You know what? Right. What, you know. Okay. That's that's a big thing in it too. Outside of the record. I got you. And 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 I'm glad you brought up mental toughness. And we have MMA pro fighter Tyler Shin on Next Legacy Sports Talk Radio. And you can also follow Tyler Shin on Twitter at Shindig S H I N N D I G double zero. You can follow him on Twitter right now. Um, one of the main topics that we actually have tonight. Um, and, and we're gonna, and we definitely want your opinion before we, uh, you know, let you sign off. Is um, I know you heard about the sporting world has heard more or less about the uh, the, the passing of Junior Seau um, to suicide. And one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, as an as an athlete in in the sporting arena, and I feel like you know it's a, it's it's the fraternity, uh, you know, the sports is fraternity. No matter what you do, what you say, what. Uh, sport it is, it's a fraternity. Um, my question to you is, when it comes to suicide and the mental aspect as far as, you know, when athletes retire or when their career is cut short and it's over, that lifespan is gone, that mental aspect. Have you heard about or dealt with any time in your, in your, in your sporting lifetime um, about just some of the things that goes on in the mind of an athlete when it's over and money's not the way it used to be and the, and the attention is not there like it used to be. Man, absolutely. You know, there's a lot of things with Junior Seau, you know. I mean, he was at the top of the game. He's one of the best linebackers of all time. What was he, like a 12-time Pro Bowl, right? Absolutely. Exactly, like that. He was one of the top linebackers. I mean, you would think that this guy's got everything going for him. You know, he's got the life that anybody would want to live. But there's just a lot more that plays behind the scene than everyone sees, you know. He had a wife that he had a hard relationship with, I think most people are aware of now. And uh, and I don't know if that – I mean, I'm not sure what his exact issue was. But, I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough life, you know. When, you, when you've been an athlete your whole life and everything shuts down, sometimes you feel lost. And mm-hmm. I imagine maybe he felt a little bit lost. You know, he was he was once used to being the top 
the top guy out there in the line of the light, you know, and then all of a sudden when all that ends, you know, everything changes in your life, and that's just something that an athlete should be ready for, you know. I mean, ideally, not a lot of guys are, you know, but it's just something that you have to have in the back of your mind that when it's over, things are going to change, and you got a new lifestyle you got to be ready for. And, mm-hmm. and, is it uh, is it you know, is a lot of it partially, you know, when 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 you when I hear you talking about, you know, okay, well, you know, it's it's coming that day and time when your time is up as far as being in sports, be it if it's a career-ending injury or if it's just retirement. You've done it too long, it's time for you to walk away. Um, Do you feel like in some cases athletes are a little bit too stubborn? They just kind of feel like, okay, well, you know what, I'm going to be okay regardless. If, you know, that overconfidence is, is, is so spilt over, where they don't really pay attention to the after effects as far as, you know, career and the injury or, or just, you know, father time telling you to stop. Absolutely. When that's just gotta have, it's just, I mean, it's really a, a, a tough topic, you know, when I know just like, like me, for instance, I went, when I was uh, done wrestling with Oklahoma state, you know, my last years of college, I was hurt and out a lot and, and, the last years in college up to this past, you know, in 2011 was 2011 was probably the toughest year of my life. And the main reason being was, was I wrestled for 20 years straight. And I was an athlete, mm-hmm. and I, my whole life changed when I graduated Oklahoma State and my wrestling career was done. I kind of was lost. I didn't know, you know, it was just, I knew what I wanted to do with MMA, but it was just something that I was working hard as I could to get the, my career started, and I was training and, and making sure I was ready to take my first pro fight, you know. But for probably like the first six months after I wrestled at OSU, I, you know, it was one of them feelings when, you know, you feel kind of like, you know, misplaced in a way, you know. Yeah. When the one star athlete to, to the regular person, again, you know, it's just not nothing that, a lot of athletes are used to, but it's just everyone's got everyone's got to find their way, you know. And uh, and I think he had a hard time finding his way. Obviously, you know. Right. I found MMA after I was done wrestling, but it's just one of those things. A lot of those guys have such a strong drive, you know. Even him being old, like in, like can you mention? You mentioned being an athlete being stubborn. Absolutely, a lot of athletes are are stubborn. You know, they don't know when enough's enough, but. But that's just something you got. You got to be ready for the day, and you got to plot for that day. When hey, you know, when you start taking like for me, well, my fights when I feel like I can't keep getting better, when I feel like I've right. plateaued, and you know, I need to start thinking about a new career. I mean, a new lifestyle. You know, what what am I going to do next? You know, right. and a mm-hmm. lot of and, a lot of people don't put a lot of athletes don't put time into that thought process. Like, what am I going to do next? Because you're so busy with now. Right. Such a big slate at the table, you know, like like even me, my next few fights, you know, my next one, two, three fights and every fight's it's extremely important to win to get to where I wanna be, so I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about what's gonna happen after, you know. Yeah, and, but, and see yeah, to me I think that that by what you say by what you said right now as far as you know, you you thinking about other stuff in general as far as from you, you know, you can still be able to, to double dip in a lot in in a sense meaning you know I I can still focus on being the best fighter I could be and I can also mentally prepare myself 
for life after. And like you said, mm-hmm. not not a lot of athletes do it. And you know, and, and I was going to ask you that question about yourself. How do you mentally do it and prepare yourself for? Um, you know, being because you know you're 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 on the rise right now, and you're gonna get to that point where you're gonna be up there in that stratosphere where there's gonna be millions and billions of people taking a look at you, and then you know later on in your career, you know, like you said, everything plateaus. You know, your career is 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 gonna come to an end, and you know, Hall of Fame career, whatever whatever the case may be. And and, and my thing is the even though. A fighter or or an athlete, so so to speak, has to prepare themselves for it. Do you feel like other people around them should help them prepare for it? Not just family, because you know, family for the most part is going to stick by you no matter what. But I'm talking about you know, well, knock on wood about wives, but you know, that, that's another topic for later. Um, but I'm talking about friends, the people in your circle, you know, the people that's been with you and that, you know, okay, hey, you know, we're sitting in VIP and I have front row seats to your fight and everything else. And then, you know, when that stops, they stop. So do you feel like it's friends need, the people in your circle needs to be able to have that same kind of mentality to kind of help you go through it as well, right? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, that's that's probably one of the top, the top, that might be the most important aspect of a professional athlete's life is who do you surround yourself around. Absolutely. And, uh, and that's something that you have to pick. You have to pick that out carefully. I mean, you know, you can't have you can't have a group behind you that you know when you're done they're done and they're gone. You know, you know, it's your support group should be like your family, even though they're not blood. But mm-hmm. your your support group, you know, is 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 a uh, is a is a is a big factor in it, you know. When you have you have a bunch of people that are with you to the bitter end, and that that's just like anything, you know. Whether it's athletics or in just life, you know. You know, when you have support and you have people that are behind you and that care for you and that love you, you know that that's everything. That's the difference. That's like the difference maker. It's everybody needs that in their life, and uh, and when you can uh. When you have that, that's that's just uh you're gonna you're gonna be able to be fine, you know. You know and you know in your heart when you, you create good relationships in your life and it's part of the athletes the the athletes uh job too, you know. If you're not if you're sitting here bouncing around people and leaving people right and left and be like, you know, I can do whatever I wanna do, I'm a star athlete, blah blah blah, you know, you're gonna find mm-hmm. yourself on your ass at the end, you know. That's right. It's just how 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 it is, you know. If you uh, create good relationships and uh, and uh, stick to your word, you know, you're going to be fine. I'm not saying I'm not saying that this is what happened to Junior Seau. I don't because there's a lot lot under that topic that probably a lot of people don't ever will won't ever know. I agree. But, uh, but you know, if if you have the support, you come up with ideas. You know, you're going to be ready for to roll with the punches, and that's just life. You know, no matter what you do. Things happen in life, and, and uh, life leads you in different directions, you know. Just a year ago, I didn't know I was going to be here. Not even mm-hmm. six months ago did I know I'd be where I am right now. It's, you just got to do the best you can do and roll with the punches. I mean, you never know exactly what's going to happen, but you know what you want to do, and that's your that's your tunnel vision. But in, in a part of a professional athlete's uh, goal should be to be able to have that complete support system that has you 
to the bitter end. And you have those guys Absolutely. in the corner and you have those people behind your back that you know you turn and look to and you got them and they got you. You know, there's nothing better than that. That's, mm-hmm. You can't beat that. That's what you got to have. Yep. Couldn't put it better myself. And um, That's the truth. Go ahead. Go ahead, Philly. Now, uh, Tyler, with us uh, just taking the last few minutes to highlight um, everything that we talked about from from fighters, and not only fighters, but professional athletes, just like having to accept that that at, at one time or another, whether brand, like Brand said, whether it be career ending or whether it be just, just your time is up, like one way or another you're going to have to cope with, with the fact that something you've been doing your whole life has to come to an end. Now, with us talking about that, um, and you saying that six months ago you didn't see yourself where you were and how when you graduated from Oklahoma State you were kind of lost for a minute being like, what am I going to do? Um, six months ago with you not seeing yourself where you are now, have you thought anything about where you see yourself maybe five or ten years from now and maybe what you're going to do after your fighting career is over? Well, uh, I haven't thought, thought five or ten years ahead of time, but, you know, my uh, next with what's happened in the past five or six months, uh, really excites me about what can happen again in the next five or six months or the next year where I could be, you know, I could be mm-hmm. getting really close to where I want to be with my dreams. But, you know, speaking of five or ten years, yeah, I've thought about it because I've been a guy that I went to college and I got my degree. I, I, I'm, I'm fortunate in that I did graduate and I do have a Bachelor of Science in Education from a major university. And if I if I needed to, uh, something to fall out on, I have something to fall out on. But that's not necessarily what I want to do right now. And uh, right, my uh, you know, thank God I was able to get a scholarship to a major university to uh, compete. And while I was an athlete, I was able to get my schooling in as well. And that's a major advantage I had from being a wrestler in college at a Division One university, or it doesn't even matter if it's D1 or JUCO, it doesn't really matter, NAI, it's, you know, I have something to fall back on, and that lets me relax in the sense that if this doesn't mm-hmm. work out, I have other things I can do, for sure, you yeah, know, Philly, that's not going to be an issue for me. Philly just wanted you to, he just wanted you to space shine that crystal ball and see exactly where you're going to be at a certain <laughs> point, a certain time in your, yeah, in well, your, in your life. Yeah, I'd hope to already have been the... UFC Bantamweight champion of the world. That's there you go. There you go. Hopefully <laughs> in five years I'll be defending that belt against whoever wants to step up. So Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's, that's what we're that's hoping that's that you're going to see. Right now. And that's hoping we definitely want to see that happen. And we could say, hey, I remember when uh, Tyler Shin was uh, climbing up the ranks and, you know, we, we had him on our show. And, you know, now five years later he's the champ. And, and and I'm definitely uh I'm definitely in your corner and wanting to uh want to be a part of that moment as well. And before we let you go, um definitely make sure that you let the listeners know once again where your Facebook is and and, and of course we threw out your Twitter as well. You can also follow Tyler Shin at Shindig S H I N N D I G double zero. Um giving your Facebook and other contact information as far as uh where they can be able to reach you. Well, right now I just have a Facebook and Twitter as far as social networking goes. I have a fan page on Facebook. If you search Tyler Shin and S H I N N, you can find me on. Uh, you can find my fan page on my Facebook, and I usually keep everyone up to date with what's going on on there or on my Twitter. So that that's your main two ways to keep up with me, and I and I hope that everyone keeps up. And uh, I'm gonna 
keep this going. I'm going to make some, I'm gonna make video logs and do certain things to keep everyone up to date with what's going on in my career and my life. So um, it's just an exciting time, and I hope everyone can uh, follow me and uh, enjoy this ride like I am. Next time you come to Vegas, let me know because uh, I definitely would like to come down there and watch you, uh, watch you in action. Be it if it's just you know training or spar or anything like that of that nature. Definitely make sure that you uh, hit us up so we can make sure we uh, take a trip down to Vegas. Yes, sir. We'll be down there soon enough. Uh, like I say, well, we we are in Oklahoma City. My gym, Oklahoma Martial Arts Academy. We are affiliated under Robert Drysdale. He's a six-time Jiu-Jitsu World Champion. Probably one of the top two or three guys, jiu-jitsu practitioners of all time, and we go out there and train with him at his gym, uh, Robert Drysdale's. I get to train at Couture's and uh, some other gyms around there, and uh, and uh, I will definitely let you know when uh, when I'm out there, and uh, hopefully you can come out and watch, or actually when I'm fighting and out there in July, uh, you can come out there and uh, catch the fight, and we'll... Uh, as soon as uh, the fight's released, I will make sure I post to my Facebook and Twitter fan page and my Twitter about all the details that would, about the fight. You got it. You got it. But once again, it's, uh, it's it's more than a pleasure to have you on to the show. And, of course, you know, this this, this is definitely the home of Tyler Shan, news, information, all that stuff. So, you know, anytime you want to come back and hang out with us, you are more than welcome. And, uh you know, much, much success, and like I said, we're we're definitely following your career, and we want to make sure that uh, uh, we we stay right here in your corner and always support you 110. I appreciate it.